What is he doing in the uniform, Colonel Hogan? Please! Oh, you went too far. I must report this. It would be worth my life if I do not report this. It's only until tomorrow, and he's going to take it off again. Uh, After he steals the tank. Oh? From the Panzer Division. Oh! He brings it here into the barracks. Oh, I see nothing. I was not here. I did not even get out this morning. Welcome back to Conspiracy Club with just me. Oh, shit. And no Tom. So, this is week two. This is going to be the first time that there's going to just be me and Grant. Yeah. Just the, the, the Amir and Grant brand. Hold on, I have the sneeze. Bless. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, so... <laughs> Ooh, yeah. As you can see, I'm not like sick, sick anymore. I can still like not comp- my ear is still muffled on one side. But you've been sick for like three well, weeks now. Yeah, well, about four, almost going four, on a month weeks? now. That's insane. But uh, st- still can't hear. I've an ear almost. Well, it's muffled. Not can't hear, but it's a little ringing in there. Which fine, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you have an ear infection? Uh, yeah, but hopefully I'll get to figure it out sooner or later. You know, and I can be back to 100% because I've been like at 90 for like a, a good long time. Yeah. But so this week we're talking about Bob Crane. First off, Tom, whenever you want to come back, you can. Come home. You know, come on back. But yeah, so this week we're talking about Bob Crane. Uh, star of Hogan's Heroes. Right. Huge show. Maybe your grandpa liked it. Grandpa back in the day. Yeah, it was in Watching 65. To, Heroes. You have 1965 to 71 and ran. Okay. Uh, he played Colonel Hogan, the star of the show, Bob Crane. Uh, he Is there like a, like a 2000s comparison that you could make? To Hogan's Heroes? Yeah. Or like... Uh, Something to get my perspective right on this. I feel like it would be like a. It was nominated for two Emmys. So <laughs> that doesn't to, give me anything. So I'm trying to think of like, what is a show that was good enough that was like, uh, What's the setting? It's a comedy set in World War II in a POW camp. Like MASH? Kind of, yeah, a MASH. Yeah? A MASH. Okay. But I can't think of like a 2000 MASH. No, there isn't. Because usually nowadays when they do army shows, they try to make it not a comedy. Gotcha. You know? Okay. All right. I can see it now. Yeah. So let's start where his life, his early life before Mash. I mean, not before Mash, before Hogan's Heroes, before he became Bob Crane that everyone knows. So Crane was born in Waterbury, Connecticut. and spent is, his, is his first name Bobbert? No, it's Bob. Or oh. it's just Bobbert would be terrible. Yeah. No, his first name is Robert, clearly. But okay, so Robert Crane was born in Waterbury, Connecticut, and spent his childhood and teenage years in Stanford. So he started his life as a drummer, believe it or not. What? Yes. He was a drummer. And okay. by junior high, he was organizing local drum and, and uh, bugle parades with his high, with his neighborhood friends. So he was a huge uh, huge jazz band drummer and marching band guy. Uh, could be a nerd, I guess. Mm. I mean, he wasn't a nerd, as we'll see later on. He was getting it on, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Was he a was he a hunk? 
He was a whore. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Was he like one of the kids in band that was like a whore? also on the football team? You know mm, what I mean? Mm-mm. Like that type of deal? He was that kid on band. Like in Troy the, High School He was musical. that kid in band who got laid. Oh. You know, like the kid in band who was getting laid. It's that guy. And he was cool. Bobber. He had flow. He had a flow. Uh-huh. He played sax. Oh, shit. You know, or he was a drummer, you know. Like, okay. Ah, such, you know. Yeah, percussion probably was like you know, the most. Especially back then. Out there. Percussion yeah. now, like it was like, it's like, uh, I was a percussionist, so it was like, but mm. back then, man, woo. Percussionists mm. got what they wanted. Yeah, Is man. You're saying? White guy in the 40s <laughs> playing the drums. Mm. So he graduated from Stanford High School in 1946. And then in 1948, he enlists for two years in the Connecticut Army National Guard. Okay. So he does this. Is this like integral to the rest of his life? No. This matter? It's just his early life. I'm okay. giving you like some, you want to learn who Bob Crane was as a person. He Bob marries it. his high school sweetheart in 1949. Like every high, I mean, like <laughs> every person who goes into the Army does. Mm-hmm. You graduate in 48, or no, you graduate in 46. You got to lock it down overseas. 48, you join the the Connecticut Army National Guard, so you're still in Connecticut. Yeah. Then you get married, like, literally a year later. You never know. You know, it's the 40. deployed at any time. Yeah. Marries his high school uh, sweetheart, and Terzanian? Terzanian? Yeah, she sounds like a... Is that her first... Wait, what? Anne. Anne Terzanian. Yeah. They have three children. Robert. Well, no. Yes. Robert David. Okay. His name was Robert David. Okay. Deborah Ann and and Karen Leslie. Okay. These are three separate kids. They just have two first names. Why? I don't know. Are you sure they're not middle names? Well, I guess those are their middle names. Those could be, (laughs) but like Robert David, Deborah Ann, Karen Leslie, those are first names, it sounds like. I mean. But so in 1950, this is after he gets out of the military, well, the National Guard, he begins his broadcasting career. Was he ever deployed? Uh, no. Okay. So, so he just did his time and got out of there. Yep. Got honorably discharged. Wasn't a dishonorable thing. Okay. He gets honorably discharged. Then the 1950s happened. He starts, you know, working on a broadcast station. Oh. WLEA in Hornell, New York. And then he moved to WBIS in Bristol, Connecticut. And then to WICC okay. in Bridgeport, Connecticut. This is all washed. You know, places like these sound old as fuck or old as fook. Sorry. Uh, no offense if you have a broadcasting place where it has just four letters in it. But that is, you know, trash. <laughs> yeah. So he was covering the northeastern portion of New York and metropolitan area. And then in 1956, he was hired by CBS Radio to host a morning show at his West Coast flagship KNX New York. KNX. For Los Inter- Angeles, I'm about to say. Oh, okay. Which is bigger. Yeah, that's, like. a, that's a promotion. Yeah. So he's working his way up the ranks. Yep. And this was to re-energize the station. And was he like a anchor? Like, yeah. Just a broad, this he hosted the morning show. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And this was to like, you know, bring some ratings back. Okay. And, uh... Halt! It's a, his erosion of the suburban ratings at the WCBS in New York City because he was kind of killing the ratings. He, I guess he wasn't hip. Well, he wasn't 
New York mm. for the older crowd. Yeah, he the was New England crowd. He was yeah. up. He was way up there. Yeah, so he goes to L.A. Then he filled it. Uh, his broadcasting was with his sly wit, drumming, and he had guests. You want to <laughs> hear some of these guests? Bob Hope. Oh shit! Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, these are big names. And Marilyn fucking Monroe. Bobbert. Yep. Wow. Yep. His show quickly topped the morning ratings with adult listeners in LA, and Bob Crane became the king of Los Angeles airwaves. Wow. Uh, his acting. So he wasn't cutting it over on the East New Coast. York. Yeah, and then he went to LA. He's a fucking and man. Just things clicked. Like yeah, rubbing nipples. Oh, you know? Yeah. He's fucking clicking. He's sitting there. Yeah, he's a fucking legend over there. Right before his promotion, maybe. Right before. And they're rubbing like, the nips yep, a little bit. Rubbing them and getting it going. He's like, we're going to get into it. Bob Chris, he's freaky. He's a freaky son of a bitch at times. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. he's into some shit, you know? Is he like... Never mind. No, nah, he's into some freaky shit. We'll All see. Right. All right. So then his acting ambitions, because he wanted to become an actor, led him to guest host for Johnny Carson's Daytime game show. Who do you trust? Dang. So this is Johnny Carson. He's moving his fucking way up. legend. Yeah. Yeah. And then he did some appearances uncredited on the Twilight uh, Zone. Channing, Alfred Hitchcock presents Channing. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, General Electric's theater, and then after Carl Rayner, he appeared on his radio show. Carl Rayner appears on the radio show, and mm -hmm. he persuades him to book him as a guest on the Dick Van Dyke show. Wow. So Bob yeah, these Crane, are all big names. Yeah, Bob Crane's just fucking, he's going through. He's doing his thing. He's flying quick he's over there. shaking hands. Yes. Meeting new faces. Meeting new faces. Telling. Having sex. Oh, okay. Just Does that happen in the background? Yes. This is happening. But he's hmm. still a family man. Okay. Yeah, still I don't see anything family. suspicious about yeah, him whatsoever. Yeah, he still has a family. He has a family. He's like that local dude on the radio that yes. you just heard his name. You know who he is. You know who he is. Based on his voice, based on his face. You, you know? see him around. Yeah. You're like, wow, that's Bob Crane. Yeah. He interviewed Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. How was that? You know, was she sober? <laughs> you know, was he sober? I don't know. This is just, you know, 60s. Some crazy times. Yeah, really wild area. So then, oh, imagine being like famous in the 60s. Yeah. God, what a gross time. You, okay, let me preface this. If you were white, mm. if you were white. Yeah, if you were white. That was the time. Yeah. That was the time and place to be. Yeah. There are a lot American of, prosperity. A lot of right sick there. shit happened in that time. Mm -hmm. Like has come back for a lot of these people. Give me some of that LBJ. Mm -hmm. Give me some of that Dwight mm. D. Eisenhower or yeah. whoever came after before. Oh, what a gross time. Yeah. Yeah. Korean you know, War just got out. Yep. Funny fact about Lyndon Baines Johnson. He used to have meetings while he was taking a shit. <laughs> with the door open. I think I've heard that. Yes, yeah. there's pictures of him That's taking a power a shit, having a meeting. It's <laughs> a real power move. It is. That's, Not only are you exposing yourself, you're taking a shit. I mean, that smells radiating out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of his uh, kids, wife, and dog all had the initials LBJ. Okay. 
I don't know what to do with that information. But I don't know. He was just into that. He was into his name. Yeah. But so then, (laughs) after seeing Crane's performance on the Dick Van Van Dyke show. LBJ. Grabbed him? No. And promoted him to vice president. No, he could have. Oh. He didn't, though. Okay. Because he was, you know, it was too much going on. Donna Reed offers him a guest shot on her program. And after the success of the episode that he was on, Dr. David Kelsey, which was his character, mm-hmm. was incorporated into the story and became a regular in the cast. Okay. Beginning with the Friends and Neighbors episode. Now, while doing this on the Donna Reed show, he's only on there for a year. He's still working on the full time at KNX because he's huge. Yeah, it's like his bread and butter at yeah. that point. So he's running back and forth between KNX Studio at the Columbia Square to Columbia Studios, and he left his show in December 1964. And then in 1965, he hits jackpot. Fucking insert. Car wash. <laughs> Just insert that right here. He was offered the starring role in television situation comedy set in World War II, POW camp, Hogan's, Hogan's Heroes. Heroes. This fucking This was his break. This is That's it. his big break. This yeah. is his moment. So Hogan's Heroes involved the sabotages of espionage missions and just, you know, the espionage message of the Allied soldiers led by Hogan from okay. under the noses of the oblivious Germans guarding them. So just first off, wild premise of a show. It's a comedy. It's uh there's that one guy who says, I know nothing. During it, it's really <laughs> wild show. Okay, uh, the show was a hit. It finished in, in the top ten in his first year on air. Dang. The distinct military style snare drum rhythm that introduces the show is played by Crane himself. Mm-hmm. The series lasted for six seasons, and Crane was nominated for an Emmy Award twice in '66 and '67. The show starts in 65. So two years at, I mean, so literally a year after he gets nominated for his first Emmy, riding on a high. A year after that, he gets another Emmy. Then in 68, he becomes romantically involved with the cast member, Patricia Olsen. Oh. So now. Wait, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Say your name again? Uh, Patricia Olsen. Patricia Olsen. Yes. He's having the time of his life. He's on, he's on the show. He's winning Emmys or nominating, mm-hmm. getting nominated. Yep. Is, is Patricia the this where the takes the story takes the turn or? Uh, no, but he is still married to Anne. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Bobbert was getting a little yeah. too frisky. Yeah, you forgot about his wife. Decided to open up a little yeah. new relationship and on kids. Yikes. Yeah. So she plays Hilda. Under the stage name Sigrid Valdez. Hmm. He divorces Anne in 1970, just prior to their 21st anniversary. And then he marries Olsen on the set of the show later that year. Then they have a son, Scotty, who was born in 1971. Scotty's kind of weird. So they, they, they went up and had a kid a year after the divorce? Yeah. I have a feeling that that kid might have been impregnated already. Uh, or if not, yeah, close to it, very close. But yeah, Scotty's kind of—I don't know how I feel about his son Scotty. After like you know, watching a lot of stuff, Scotty's a little weird, just mm-hmm. a smidge. 
like on the spectrum or no like he just seems like a weird guy okay uh he started the Bob Crane website. Okay. And on the website, he had like... Like a conspiracy website? It almost. was a conspiracy website, but it was like... It just covered all his like stuff about his dad. There was a movie that came out later on. Almost like on. a fan site? Kind of. There's a movie that comes out later on about, like, about his dad covering his career and stuff. And in the movie, they said his dad had like a penile, you know, thing. Put in the, I don't know. To have I just, better sex? I don't know. Okay. But Scotty denies this. Which <laughs> glad, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that's put out there now. But he puts that out. And okay. then he also provides outtakes to <coughs> his father's home videos, <coughs> which we'll cover later on. Okay. Yeah, Scotty does sound like a weird dude. Just a little weird. Just a smidge. He's like a little too interested <laughs> in his dad's life, I feel like. Which I understand a little bit, but it's kind of weird. So, and then later, they adopted a daughter named oh. Anna Marie. Oh, so he's not all bad. No. Yeah. He's an adopter. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the couple separated in 1977. Oh. Why? Do you know? Uh, he was hoeing around. <laughs> Once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, yeah Bob Uh-oh. was. He was out here, Bobbert. But according to several family members, they reconciled before his death in seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Him and Priscilla, or who? What's her name? Patricia. Her name is uh yeah Patricia Olson. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's go back to 1968. He leaves while well, Hogan Heroes still going on. Mm-hmm. And he uh, co-stars in the feature film. Well, he stars in this in series. Okay, him and a bunch of people are in a movie called The Wicked Dreams of Paula Sh- uh, Schultz. Which what is, is it? Set, huh? The Wicked Dream of what? Paula Schultz. Paula Schultz, okay. Which is set in Berlin during World, during the Cold War. So he's just obsessed with these war things. Yeah, huh? he there's a well. You got to also think of the time they're coming fresh off the war. So there's a lot of stuff getting made about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he st- starred with uh, Abby Dalton in a dinner theater production. Okay. A cactus flower, which I think is washed as fuck. <laughs> just, uh, so Hogan's Heroes gets canceled. And then he uh, he he appears in two Disney films, Super Dad in the title role of Super Dad and Gus. Okay, these are Disney films that no one gives a fuck about now. <laughs> I was gonna say I've never heard of them. Yep, and they're Disney films. Uh-huh. Yikes! And then in 1973, he purchases the rights to a comedy play called Beginner's Luck and began touring it. So he's he's kind of washed to me at this point. Okay. He's like past his prime. Uh, he's doing point. dinner theater shows. You know, I don't know if that's huge or what, but mm-hmm. to me it's not. It's not Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, it's not. And uh, he stars and he's a director at this uh, showboat dinner theater in St. Petersburg, Florida. Maybe it was time for him to wild down a little bit. I guess. R- wind down and, and, and do theater productions. Uh, uh, the La Mirada Civil Theater, uh, Civic Theater, 
in Scottsdale. I mean, in California, the Windmill Dinner Theater in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then in several dinner theaters around the world. It's just to me, this is it's washed. Dinner theaters just seem washed. You're eating a little meal. He's performing in the background. Uh, I mean, you don't really care. Uh, we're gonna get into. It's definitely a lesser thing than what he was doing before. Yeah. No, he's washed. Okay. But he guest stars in a number of TV shows, including Policewoman, Gibbsville, Quincy M.E., and The Love Boat. Okay. In 1975, Crane returns to TV with his own series, The Bob Crane Show on NBC, which was canceled after 13 episodes. Oh, I was yeah. about to say, there he is with a comeback. No. Nope. Nope. 13 episodes. Huh? And then in early 1978, he taped a travel documentary in Hawaii and recorded an appearance on the Canadian talks, I mean, Canadian cooking show, Celebrity Cooks. So he's officially super washed. When you're going on, you know, <laughs> celebrity, celebrity cook shows, yeah. celebrity dance shows, anything celebrity show, Gotta you're go back washed. Home. It's go, over. Go home. Yeah, it's Go live done. off of your Hogan's. Hogan's always money and and which people think mow your lawn. I his, don't know. His career died down and people attribute it to things that he was doing in his personal life okay. that everyone else found out about. So uh, almost like he was getting blacklisted. Yes. Where people just knew his sketchy kind of sketchy things. Kind of sketchy things yeah. that he does and didn't uh, want to associate with it. Even yeah. back in the seventies it was that it was sketchy enough to where might sway his career? Yes. We're going to get into it in a okay. second. Okay. Uh, he, a lot of stuff flied in the 70s. Yes. I'm sure you know that. Yes. None of those stuff, like all the, Cana- all the Canadian stuff he did, none of that aired in the U.S. after his death. Okay. Uh, he also did another appearance on the Canadian Cook Show, and that appeared, <laughs> and that another airs appearance. in late 78. And then all this was recreated in the auto, I mean, in the biopic autofocus. That's where it covers like the penis thing and all that. Scotty hates that movie. Just does <laughs> not like thing. it. Yeah, he doesn't like it at all. <laughs> okay. So let's get into it, right? Right. So Crane. He just sounds like a an actor that's been through the ringer. Yeah. That's about it. No, yeah. Well, let's get into the, let's get into the shit now. Okay. So Crane, during his time... And Hogan's Heroes. He's big man on campus, right? Yeah. Big guy. Yeah, lead. He's the lead. Top boy. Big mm-hmm. mons. So his thing, everyone has a, a, you know, a poison, you know? Some people like drinking. Mm-hmm. Some people smoke crack. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, like sex. <laughs> Bob Crane likes sex. And he likes recording it. So let's get into it. So... During the run of Hogan's Heroes, uh, Bob Crane frequently videotaped and photographed his sexual activities. He says it was inconsistent. Mm. So I guess. They see, during the run of Hogan's Heroes, Richard Dawson, who was a part of the show, and also hosted... Uh, Family Feud. My favorite host of Family Feud. Okay. Uh, he was out here. He was the one that always kissed every woman that was on the. Sh- you know, he was a sly dog, man. And he was on the Match Game on occasions. I know yeah, a lot of I all the him. old Wash Game shows. Remember watching the Game Show Network back in the day. Yep, that's what I used to do with my grandma. Yeah. But so he introduced Crane to John Henry Carpenter, 
who becomes who's really important to the story. John Henry Carpenter, who was a regional sales manager for Sony Electronics, who often helped clients with their video equipment. Okay. The two men struck up a friendship and began going to bars together. Because he bought a camera. Yeah. From them. Yeah. To film his sex. Well, you know. Okay. They they become friends. They hang out. Uh, Crane attracts many women due to his celebrity status and introduced Carpenter to them as his manager. Later, Crane and Carpenter would videotape their joint sexual encounters. That got dirty. Yes. While Crane's son, Robert, later insisted that all the women were aware of the videotaping and consented to it. Some, according to one source, had no idea. They had no idea that they were recorded until they were informed about it by the Scottsdale police after Crane's murder. So... Okay. Who's right? Is it the son who has to defend his dad? Or is it the lady who didn't even know she was recorded? I mean, I'd go with the, the, the son at that point. You go with the son? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm I would. just kidding. I uh, mean, no, if, no, no. Maybe, maybe. But so Robert, he's getting, you know, Bob, he's getting down dirty. Mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's having sex. Pressing record. Recording it mm-hmm. before. Without these girls' consent. Now it's, I'm assuming he's like he's got some hidden camera type stuff. Oh yeah, on. no, it's definitely. not like out in the open. Yeah, no, yeah. his house is probably wired up where you don't even see the camera, mm. and then he's having sex, right? And uh, Carpenter later became a national sales manager at Akai and arranged his business to his business trips to coincide with Crane's dinner theater touring schedule so that the two could continue to seduce <sighs> and videotape women so gross. after Hogan Heroes had run its course. So. <laughs> That's really gross. Like, yeah. Ew. Yeah. So in June 1978, Crane was living in Winfield Place apartment in Scottsdale, Arizona, begin during the run of the Beginner's uh, Luck at the Windmill Dinner Theater. So he starts this, and on the afternoon of June 29th, Crane's co-star, Victoria Ann Barry, enters his apartment after he fails to show up for a lunch meeting and discovers his body. <gasps> Crane had been bludgeoned to death with a weapon that was never identified. Oh. So when I mean he was bludgeoned to death, I mean someone beat the fuck out of him to the point that they could not recognize his face. Wow. Yes. I mean, beat him to death. Beat him, beat him, beat him to death. Badly. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, it was rough. Really rough. So she runs out of the... She goes in there, sees the body, runs out screaming. Like, what the fuck? Because she had a key to his apartment. Okay. Because you know. No, I don't. Him and Victoria were also... Oh! Oh. You know? Damn. Bob's really... Just handing out keys out here. So, the investigators believed it to be... They never find the weapon, but they believe that he got bludgeoned to death by a camera tripod. Oh, no. So, and an electrical cord was tied around his neck. So, he was beat to death and strangled. So, it's like, whoa, a camera tripod? Well, who would have a camera tripod? John Henry. John motherfucking Henry Carpenter. So 
after that, <laughs> everyone turns to him because everyone's like, he worked at Sony in electricity. He works at a Kai in the electric department. He's a manager there. They both like recording women for sex. Mm-hmm. He has it's gotta to be him. They Something line, happened. They line up their schedules. Also, before he died, police get a phone call. Uh, well, no, before they find his body or before it's announced that he was dead, dead. the police get a phone call by from John Henry Carpenter saying, Bob Crane is dead, right? Or like, they, I heard he was dead. Like affirming it? Yes. Before like they heard the he was police dead. even knew? Or did the police know at that point? It's kind of like, how would he know? That's okay. what the police are saying. Okay. So it's like, what the fuck? That's, That's weird. weird. Yeah. But so they have his funeral. Everybody's there. Patty Duke attends. John Austin, Carol O'Connor, his pallbearers were his co I mean his producer for Hogan's Heroes, Edward uh, Feldman. Did they have an open casket funeral? Co-star- no. Yeah. Co-stars Larry Hovis, Robert Clary, his son Robert. He's buried in Oakwood uh, Memorial Park, which is the pretty like big memorial park in California. Okay. There's a few people buried there. Um, his remains were were relocated. Well, Olsen, his wife, Patricia Olsen, had his body relocated to, or his remains relocated to the Westwood Village Memorial Park in Westwood and was buried beside him under her stage name, Sidgrid Valdez, after she died from lung cancer in 2007. So, the Scottsdale Police Department. What? It was small, right? It's a small police department. Oh. They had no homicide division. They're talking about the, the, yeah, the, the penile. Police, yeah, we're, we're talking about the, the investigation now. Scottsdale Not Police Department. Not the penis? Co- huh? Oh, no, we're past the penis. Oh, okay. Penis is done. But so we're getting into the investigation. Let's okay. find out who killed Bob Crane. So, Scottsdale Police Department. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona, right? You think that's a big area? Yeah. Yeah, Scottsdale's big. They have no homicide division. (laughs) 70s? Even in the 70s? They have no homicide division. No. Well, it's a bunch of old people there, right? I guess. For lack of a better term, isn't it just a lot of... Like you, I feel like boomers? every police department should have a homicide. I probably have a homicide division. Have at least one detective. One guy. Yeah. Who's like the homicide guy. Yeah, so they have no homicide uh, division and did not have the equipment to handle such a high-profile murder investigation. So they bring in the state? No. The crime scene yielded few clues. This is because... So, Scottsdale (laughs) Police Department, allegedly what happens is somehow... They tampered with the evidence like they were they did not take the evidence correctly. So everything was just fucked up. Like it, oh. the whole investigation is just going to shit. Scottsdale, like the, like the crime scene had no clues. They found no forcible entry. That's why they think that, you know, he was led in like the guy. He knew the guy who killed him okay. and nothing of financial value was missing. And then detectives examined his extensive videotape collection because he had a lot of tapes. Uh, I'm talking like a like a blockbuster. Yeah, of just him fucking. Ooh. But uh, that leads them to John Henry Bob Buster Carpenter. Yeah, who had flown from to Phoenix on June 25th to spend a few days with Bob. 
So just, you know, he wants to hang out with his friend. He's like, oh, I want to hang out with Bob. So Carpenter's rental car was impounded and searched. And they found several blood smears in it <laughs> that matched Crane's blood type, okay. which was B. Yeah. Type B blood type. No one else had been known to be in the car, including Carpenter, who tested not for that type. So this is Bob's blood type in there. In Carpenter's car? Yes. And where's Carpenter? Uh, did they find that out? They have him. Does he have an alibi? He was in the town. Okay. He was in but not in, his, but not in his truck. He, I, you know, I mean, I, hey, <laughs> I was in the area, but I, you know, yeah. okay, sometimes John you Henry. just end up in Whatever. the area, Whatever. you know, they didn't have DNA yet, so they couldn't check that. You mean DNA testing? Yes. So with no significant, no other significant material evidence, the Maricopa County attorney declined to fire charges. Oh my god. Yep. Fast forward to nineteen ninety. So they let that go after that? It was Yes. For a decade. Yes. Just cold done. Two decades. Cause we were we're at it was in seventy eight. Yes, right? we're towards the end of like seven we're like at around seventy eight. So yeah, a decade. A decade. Decade fives pass. Scottsdale detective Jim Raines, a former Phoenix homicide investigator, re-examines the evidence from 1978. Why? Because, pers- I don't know, it's Bob it's Crane. Slow day? I mean, yeah, and it's Bob Crane. This is a huge... He starred in the Hogan's Heroes. This is okay. a giant case that's unsolved. Unsolved? Because you guys are shitty at your I wonder how that, like, goes. Like, for unsolved cases, do they just... I work on it when they can, like police like departments. It depends if it's should look into that. Well, cold cases, yeah. From what I've been able to gather from all the ID channel shows that my mom has forced me to watch, <laughs> um, I feel like it only comes up if they can, especially now, if they put in DNA and they have DNA from the situation back then, but they couldn't okay. get it now, and then they put it in the situation, like, oh, match, we got you, dog, figured out, or it'll be like. Someone will come in with like some evidence out of like twenty years later, and they'll be like, "Oh shit!" And that reactivates. Or that. like, it will be like a guy who had the case, and he couldn't solve it, and they just will follow him, and then he'll like be like, "I'm opening this bitch up again," or the family will keep being like, "Hey, we need to figure it out." Right, like their estate. Will, yeah, yeah, like someone like looking for justice and shit. Okay. So he persuades the county to reopen the uh, case. Jim Rains. And although DNA testing of the blood found in Carpenter's rental car was inconclusive because it was kind of fucked up. Because like I said, they didn't really... Scott that went in there and went... Yeah. Yeah. Messed everything up. Rains yeah. discovered an evidence photograph of the car's interior that appeared to show a piece of brain tissue. The actual tissue samples recovered from the car had been lost. But an Arizona's judge ruled that new evidence was admissible. In June 1992... Carpenter was arrested and charged with crazy murder. Oh, okay. That was a fast-moving thing then. Yep. So in 1994, we start the trial. Crane's son, Robert... Scotty or Robert? Okay, Robert, Robert, testifies that in the weeks before his father's death, Crane had repeatedly expressed a desire to s- sever his relationship with Carpenter. He mm. said Carpenter had become a hanger-on. The, the rumor was that Carpenter was bisexual and had fell in love with Bob. 
and he wasn't having it. Yeah, and Bob was like, mm, "Let's be done." Get out of the way, dude. <laughs> this and, okay, so this like is pretty obvious then that he that John Henry. You would think. Is it not? I mean, it's unsolved still. It's unsolved still. Yeah. Okay, continue the trial then. Yeah, so in a nuisance to uh, the point of becoming obnoxious, he says that my dad expressed that he didn't, he just didn't need Carpenter kind of hanging around him anymore. He said he testified that Crane had called Carpenter the night before the murder and ended their friendship, which is why they think Carpenter came, beat him over the head with a, a tripod, and strangled him. Uh, Carpenter's attorneys attacked the prosecution's case as circumstantial and inconclusive. They presented evidence including witnesses from the restaurant where the two men had dined the evening prior to the murder that Carpenter and Crane were still the best of friends. They noted that the murder weapon had never been identified or found. How do they know that, though? They wouldn't know if they were the best of friends. I mean, you see two people at a a Denny's and you're like, shit, they look like they're the best friends. But, like, they could just be there chatting and it could be literally Bob saying, yo, we we gotta stop this. Hey, man. Hmm. I don't buy that. If if someone tells you they don't want to be friends anymore, wouldn't you be upset and cause a scene? He did. Yeah, maybe in fifth grade, but like, well, John says they were still friends. Okay, is John he, still alive? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think he died. He might still be alive. I can look that up after this. I'm pretty sure he's dead though. This is like he was a, a old. He was a fucking adult in the seventies. Yeah, so he's old, old. Yeah. He's alive. But, uh, so, uh, the prosecution camera tripod theory was sheer speculation, they said. They said, based solely on Carpenter's occupation, they disputed the claim that the newly discovered evidence photos showed brain tissue and presented many evidence of sloppy work by police, (laughs) including the crucial tissue sample itself. They pointed out that Crane had been videotaped and photographed in compromising, compromising sexual positions with numerous women, and he they implied that any one of those women could have killed him. Mm. I mean, to that degree of bashing his head in that many times and then strangling him? Maybe. I don't know if a girl can do that. Well, that's what I, I was going to ask sleeping, you. Like, what maybe. was Bob Crane's figure? Like, is he a pretty big guy? He's... Just or this like average? He seems like he seems like an average guy for back then. Okay, but probably enough to like, but like enough overpower. To, yeah, some, but girls trying to beat him over the head with right. a tripod. Like, you can't just beat someone over the head with a tripod and strangle them. Yeah, yeah, that takes them. like immense. That takes strength, strength, strength because the other person will be fighting for their life. Yes. Uh, other potential suspects proposed because it would be different to me if he was stabbed. Right. Then maybe you could get that off. If it was, or yeah, shot. If, if it was a, if it was an easier, ki- yes, kill more or less. But like a, but a strangle. Yes, I feel like a strangle slash bashing someone's head in. You need to be very unless strong. unless you like catch them on one good hit and they go down. You have a hit, the first hit. Yeah, would have the basically. And kill that, them. that's the only. W- but then, like, why would you strangle? How could you str- like? I'm assuming the strangle would come first. This feels weird talking about how to how to yeah. murder, but well, like, it's fine. It's conspiracy club. Yeah, we're joining the club. But uh, yeah, join it. Let's join the strangle club. But uh, no, because I feel like strangling a person. I was a person who's never done it before. I never have <laughs> strangling someone. Sure. 
But I've watched several ID channel things where stranglings have happened. Just a, and several movies I've seen, yeah. including The Godfather. I feel like it takes like it's so much strength that it has to go into strangling someone. Yeah, like I feel like it's the hardest way to kill someone next to maybe drowning them. Like, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's an easy task. And then, unless I can't see, I can't picture. Like I'm trying to picture with like you and and Megan. <laughs> I can't picture Megan bashing your head in with a tripod. My only guess, freaking out and be like, my Whoa. only guess is that like, if it wasn't John Henry, yeah, he was probably doing it again with a woman, yeah, or something, doing a little and single. And the romp. husband, I, I'm guessing the either maybe the husband came in and yeah, did something. I don't know how he would have something. I don't know how he would have known. Yeah, you would have to have evidence yeah. there. But like, my my thing would then be like maybe the woman in that case went to the bathroom or something. Something happened to where he was caught off guard and was bashed. And then there came the struggle. And, yeah. But that even then sounds pretty implied. Like, but it, not But there plausible. was no force of entry, so he would have had to either right. leave the door unlocked or just like... So either someone had a key. Yeah. Or they were there by... Which the only person who has a key is Victoria. Did they take fingerprints off of anything? No, Scottsdale. Come on, this they didn't w- have a homicide department. Yo, this would have been a, this would have been a closed case had it yeah. not been for well, Scottsdale coming in and closed just cases on CC. If it wasn't for the police department, from between the time period of nineteen fifty and nineteen, probably like from between nineteen hundred <laughs> and nineteen like ninety. It's the police that just didn't get their yes shit together. They didn't have anything until probably like nineteen ninety five. DNA came and changed everything. Like, and even like, and I'm talking like current. So that's DNA. why serial killers and things like that it's, could just, they could get away yes, with it. That's why there's so many serial killers back then. Cause it's like, what are you going to do? Like I could leave, you could leave your wig in there. Yeah. And they couldn't, they couldn't pick it up. Like, Oh, we found your hair sample. And right. You know, but nowadays like you can't do that. No. Yeah. No. No, no. Yeah. There's the, te- the technology's too good. Yeah, no. You and kill the, someone now, you just might as well just be like, "Hey, like, wait for the cops to come." Right. It's a waste. But so it's, I Victoria's the only other person with a key, so that would mean that Victoria would have had that would be him basically pointing the sand and going, "Victoria killed him." It's just so bizarre that it was confirmed to be done with a tripod. Is it confirmed to be? It's done not with, confirmed, but they just. But they. Guess. That's what they. That's what they came to the conclusion of that it was a tripod i'm guessing they're going off of weight and probably just kind of trying to build the scene of like yeah length yeah but i feel like tripods are heavy they can be they I'm, can i guess be. i've been thinking like really light tripods but if you have a heavy like it depends on the camera. I feel that like they to had. bash someone's head in. Yeah, but back then they the cameras were probably much That's larger. That's what I'm saying. So they had to have larger tripods, and tripods can be like hundred pounds. That's why yeah. another like, reason why I can't picture a woman doing it. So, in my mind, here's what I think happened. I think he strangles him for. Okay, this is what. This is literally what I think happened the whole night. What did the trial say, though? Oh, the trial. Okay, let's just get back to trial. No, let's just, I'll let's get the trial theory. out of yeah. the way. So, uh, they pointed out that Crane had videotaped and photographed several women and implied that any one of them could be uh, the killer, killer, fearing blackmail over, like, he might be like, this is me, ha, ha, ha. 
Uh, they point out that Crane had also... Uh, no, other potential suspects proposed by defense attorneys include angry husbands. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes. As an attorney watching those videos. And oh, like, yeah. Could've I couldn't. Her. This oh. is weird. She didn't. She didn't want me to see this. Yeah. Yep. Other than the suspects were potential angry husbands and boyfriends of the seduced women, mm-hmm. and an actor who had sworn vengeance as their violent uh, argument with Crane in Texas several months earlier. Crane was acquitted, and he continued to maintain his innocence until his death four years later. So he dies four years after this. Or a carpenter. Okay. Yeah, so carpenter gets acquitted. He dies four years later. In 1998, after the trial, uh, Crane's oldest son, Robert, speculated publicly that his father's his widow, Patricia Olson, might have had a role in Instagram the crime. Nobody got a dime out of the murder except for one person. Someone got paid? Alluding to his uh, Crane's will, which excluded him, his sibling, and his mother, Robert's murder, mm-hmm. with the entire estate left to Patricia Olson. Oh. Crane's son repeated his suspicions in t- a 2015 book, Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder, which is a wild title for your dad, for a book to write about your father. Uh... The case's prosecutor, Maricopa uh, County District Attorney Rip, Rick Romley, responded, We never characterized Patty as a suspect, adding, I am convinced John Carp- Carpenter murdered Bob Crane. Officially, Crane's murder remains unsolved. So later, in November 2016, which is three years ago. Yeah. Well, not three years ago. Two and three months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh the Maricopa County Attorney Office permitted Phoenix television reporter John Hook to submit the 1978 blood samples from Carpenter's rental car for retesting using more advanced DNA techniques than the one used in 1990. Two sequences were identified, one from an unknown male and the other two degraded to reach a conclusion. Okay. So they're still looking. I feel like the evidence is probably... Not yeah, it's from seven. Good and plus, Scottsdale police were shitty, so I don't think they will ever solve it. Here's what I literally think happened the whole entire night. Okay, night starts. Bob's fucking <laughs> straight up recording. Yep, doing the same old same old. That ends. Carpenter comes over, or could have been happening at the same time. Him and Carpenter could have been both fucking a girl. Just something. Because Carpenter was supposed to be in Phoenix anyway just to coincide to hang out with Bob. So after a night on the town and the fucking, they're hanging out. Bob then does try to end a friendship. John gets pissed off because either John was in love with him or just upset that you want to end a friendship. Because we've done all this shit together. like. Plus, like, dude, you have recordings of me fucking women. What the fuck? Yeah. He's like, all right, cool. Leaves. Or Bob tells him to go. Bob turns his back. Strangles him. Bob passes out. Starts to bash his head in. 
with the tripod that he already owns. Bashes his head in with the tripod. He's pissed off, so he just won't stop. He keeps hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. And this is why I think they had sex that night. Not them, but somebody. Because they had everything set up already. Mm-hmm. So he just took the cord from the camera that was already That's set up. That's a really good point. And the tripod. I mean, the tripod. So they set up. Okay. And he just, and frustration hits him again and again and again. And it just feels good for him after a while. And he just keeps going. He's just, each shot makes him feel better and better. Because he's like, you're really trying to end our friendship, you piece of shit. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And he hits him and he hits him and he hits him and he hits him. And he keeps hitting him until Bob does not look recognizable anymore. He looks. He says, what the fuck did I do? Oh, shit. Takes the tripod. Leaves the cord. After bashing someone's head in, you're bound to get some of that brain on your shirt or on your body. Same with the blood. And the blood. Gets into his vehicle with the tripod. That's how the blood gets into the car. Because of the tripod and him. Leaves. Gets rid of the tripod. Cleans it off. Somehow buries it somewhere or just gets rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's Scottsdale, Arizona. There's a lot of desert there. Just, just gets rid of this shit. Yeah. Gets rid of the clothes with everything on it. Leaves the blood in there. It's a rental car. Gets rid of the runner car. Hoping that they don't find it. They find it. Fuck. Doesn't realize how dumb Scottsdale police are. <laughs> so he's like, shit. He calls to check up to see, did they find out the murder happened yet? That's what the call comes in. I forgot about the call. The That's call so comes weird. In. It's him trying to see, do they know that the murder happened yet? It's probably hysterical. Even, yeah. Even if they know, he's just like, holy shit, either they know that the murder happened or fuck, like, I'm just like going to call and see what they know, see if they're going to put it on me or something. That happens. Scott's still police is shitty. He gets off because they can't find anything. Right. He lives. Always having in the back of his mind, if they do come after me, I already have a set alibi as in me and him had sex with plenty of women a lot of them had boyfriends and girlfriends one of them could have found it yeah one of them could have broken but at the end of the day he gets away with murder and because of the guilt he dies four years later because he murdered his best friend slash person he loved and now, it's too late, because what are you going to do, put a dead man on trial? So he's dead, Bob's dead, and now a family doesn't have a dad, the rest is history. You make a good point. Yep. I don't really think there's any other scenario that happened. That is the case of Bob Crane, solved by me. It doesn't, it's, it's unfortunate that no matter... How good that sounds. They can't solve Gotta have it. the evidence. Yeah. Gotta have the proof. Yep. You gotta prove it without a reason of a doubt. Yep. And, and that didn't happen. Scott still couldn't do it. Scott still police department. Scott I'm still, sure they've probably gotten better. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 
you know? Definitely since then. Like I said, 90s and 80s hit. And they, you know, especially 90s when DNA got better. And cops came and out. The inter- yeah, yeah. Internet happened. Yep. They're like, fuck, dude. Now yeah. we can do shit. Yep. And now it's like, you do a murder, dude. They're going to find you. Unless you're a rapper. In the 90s. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to find who killed you. It's not going to take long. Mm-hmm. Either. Take like maybe a day. Right. There's so. only so much you can do. Yeah. To so. Track. Yep. Like. That was it. That, that was, was it. That was it, it, def- it had to have been John Henry or else. It had to. There's there's maybe like a 5% chance it was an angry boyfriend or I wouldn't even give five. I'll say like. But because like, of his call. Two. Because of the blood in his truck. Because of his. Oh, what was the his, last thing? His, I the, think the cable around his the neck. The cable yeah? around that, his neck. That was there. Yes. Confirmed. Yes. I don't see anyone else that could have yes. done that. Unless. But not even, no. Even it his ha- past history. He worked at Sony in the fucking equipment department. No. He could get a tripod easily. <laughs> they recorded really people for a living having sex. It just all lines point to him. But. Did you just say porn? No. Oh. I should have. All, all lines point to, to him. him. Yeah. Because it's true. It does. Bummer. But the rest is history. That's crazy. And that is another unsolved murder here at Conspiracy Club. So. Well, I, I think we can check it off as solved now, right? I mean, I yeah. Mean, you basically I mean, you basically it. can. Yeah. I mean, I basically solved it. But if not, you know, I watched enough ID channels shows to put this together. But that's another story here. Appreciate it. That was at Conspiracy Club, at the Book of Conspiracy Club. I'd like to see a documentary of that. Me too. Me too. Maybe one day. Maybe we'll turn Crane, the life, the death, or whatever, the sex, and the my, my oh, father. Oh, uh, uh, sex, celebrity, <laughs> and the unsolved murder of my father into a movie? Maybe. I'd watch it. I'd watch it, too. Yeah. I'd watch it, too. Had to be on, like, an HBO or Netflix, but I'd watch it, too. But, yeah, so, hmm. like I, or like Tom says, join the club. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tom and Emir, T-O-M-A-N-D-E-M-I-R. Follow us on Instagram at Tom and Emir. You can follow me on Twitter at Scooby-Doo Poppy or The Brownskin Assassin. Search it, you'll find it. Uh, you can follow Anmore Media Co. on Twitter at Anmore Media Co. And mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram at Anmore Media Co. Every now and then we do, uh, you know, some, some Q&As. Some Q&As. Some cool little behind-the-scenes content. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. DM us. Ask us questions. See what's going on. If you want to do a show here, hit up Anmore Media Co. Yeah. We would love to have you a part of the family. Uh Grant, you got anything to plug or uh if you want if you like this show, you like Conspiracy Club, you can consider donating. We have a donate page on Anmore.media, our website. If you click up to donate, you can send a dollar along. It'll go a long way here. We can get new content coming out new equipment all that good stuff give us time to work on this more but otherwise thank you for listening yeah appreciate it uh like i always say hashtag oh like i say come home tom what oh yeah yeah hashtag come back tom yeah he's come back sooner or later yeah he'll be here sooner than you believe but the next episode that we're gonna do here at conspiracy club will be the busby chair Mm. we're gonna talk we're gonna get back into that spooky shit for a little bit all right 
talk about some fucking weird chairs. Well, just a weird single chair. One singular. Yeah, one singular weird chair that is at a museum right now. Not on the floor, but in the air. What? It's hung up. Oh. Yeah. All right. Because they can't have it on the floor. Because it's haunted? Because it's haunted. And we're going to get into the story of what happened. But uh, you missed. But uh, like I say all the time at the end of this episode, wow, Bob Crane and John Henry was really fooked.